Well, you got here on the right night. Because I feel like all this last month has been a setup for what God wants to do in the house tonight. Okay, you're a little rusty. I'll, I'll, let me, I'll roll that in, and then when I get to the end, that's where, okay. I feel like all last month has been a setup for what God wants to do tonight. And that's because when people find out how good God is, miracles start to happen. When people find out that everything necessary for their healing to take place has already been granted, they start to receive their healing. And they start to believe that by the stripes that Jesus bore at Calvary 2,000 plus years ago, that they're healed now because they were healed then. And they start believing because God loves them so much that he would give his only begotten son for them. That like Paul told the church at Romans, that if he would give us Jesus, how will he not with him freely give us all things. Man, Jesus is the exact image of the Father. So you want to see what the Father's like? You look at Jesus and what He did. Get into the Gospels. You know, I love the writings of Paul. And I even occasionally read Revelation. I love John's other stuff, but... I'm telling you, all of it's about Jesus, but there's something about the Gospels. Because in there, we see the exact image of God. Now, let me ask you a question. Did you ever see Jesus make anyone ill? How about in the balcony? Ever read a passage where somebody came to Jesus and they had a malady uh, an eye condition, they were blind or they had leprosy, and they said, if you will, Jesus, you can heal me. Did he ever say, I'm not, I'm not feeling it today? You know, I mean, maybe come back. No, you never see that. The exact image of God was full of love. The only thing that he ever got angry about were people who were adding burdens to people, people, religious people who were making God inaccessible, unapproachable, and putting barriers between the people and God rather than showing them that the way had been paved, that the Messiah was going to come and He was going to bring salvation. He was going to pay the price. Well, the good news is the penalty has been paid. The price has been paid for our salvation, our healing, our deliverance. In other words, at any time we choose to believe God, we can receive whatever we need from Him. Amen. Because He's already done it. I know, I know a lot of you have been around here, and it's just like, oh yes, I've heard that. Bless God. Here's, here's, here's the deal, though. It's not enough for me to be blessed, for me to be healed, for my family to experience divine health. This is too big for any one person. His blessings are too big 
for any one family. It's just like in Malachi where it talks about the blessing of the tithe. I'll pour out for you a blessing that there's not room enough to contain. You, you're just, you're just going to be so full of the goodness of God, so blessed, so healed, so financially prosperous, have such great marriages and relationships that it just spills over everywhere you go. You bring hope. It's the hope of the gospel. Man, I'm just, I'm just hoping somebody grabs hold of how much God loves you. And that it's not enough for us to just try to contain it and be a reservoir for ourselves. I mean, let's, let's spread the good news about Jesus being our Savior, our healer, our deliverer. You know, we just got to be people who continually preach the good news glad. Man, we just got back. You won't believe this, but we just got back from Cancun. Just about every time I come here, I'm telling you, we just got back from Cancun. And, and the reason we like it so much is we, years ago, discovered the all-inclusive. Come on, somebody. Anybody? Two or three of you bearing witness. They're like, brother, I have been there. I've been to the top of the mountain. I've seen the other side. You know what I'm talking about? We found out we liked that. Now, we, we had been on a couple of cruises before, but we, we liked the all-inclusive. We go one place. We like the beach and the beautiful water. But, man, let me tell you what. There's just something about it. When you're not, you've already paid the price in full. You can go get you, yourself a steak. If you, want, if you want another one, I'm, I'm feeling drawn over here on the steak part. If you want another steak, they'll bring it. I know there's some days, that, some nights we would be there having, getting ready to have supper and we're ordering. It's like, well, I think I'd like this. The ribeye looks good. That filet looks good. But, man, you know how much we love that salmon. And the waiter's like, I'll just bring you a little one to share. You get the steak. You get the, you get the ribeye. You get the filet. And I'll just bring you a little portion of salmon. Of course, the thing will be laying off the plate on both sides. It's just like, paid for. Man, our kids, Lisa, man, when we first got married, we didn't have two quarters to rub together. But we would save, you know, our, our, our vacations would be more like, we're getting a tent, we're going to a state park, we're going to have a good time. And we did that, you know. We saved our money. And eventually, you know, eventually we did better family vacations. I remember the first time we took the kids to an all-inclusive. Because Lisa's, like, her, her mind does numbers. Okay, numbers do a number on me. I was just like... <laughs> but she's calculating all the time, you know. But the first time we took the kids to an all-inclusive, she was like, sure, you can have that ice cream. Sure, get another pizza. <laughs> Something shifted in her mentality. Because it was all... Paid for. Man, we, we, we preached, we preached a, a, a conference of about a year, year and a half ago, and this one guy preached about it's not expensive, it's paid for. That's the all-inclusive mentality. And because Jesus accomplished his mission at the cross, it's all paid for. It's all paid for. It's all paid for. 
Amen. I'm not angry, I'm just excited. See, Jesus is our one and only foundation. What he did at the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, he's seated at the right hand of the Father right now, and we're seated with him because we were crucified with him, we were buried with him, we received resurrection with him, Hallelujah, we are seated positionally at the right hand of the Father in Christ. Paul said, I am crucified. See, that, that's all-inclusive. It's paid for. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Yet not I. Not I. I'm living the Christ life. It's Christ in you. Romans 3.23. You remember, you remember the Romans road? Here's where, here's where most people, what most people call preaching the gospel, okay, through the Romans road. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I mean, that's not good news. Do you recognize that? Thank you for that one amen. That's not good news. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God is not the good news. It's coupled with this right, right next to it. Not a period, a semicolon. This is another powerful thought. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God being freely justified. Being justified freely. Had a dyslexic moment there. Yes, it's true. Everybody sinned and fell short of the glory of God. But the good news is being justified freely by His grace. You know what grace means? It's paid for. It's paid for. Mission accomplished. The finished work of the cross, it's paid for. Your healing is paid for. You have problems with stress and anxiety? Jesus left His peace with you, for you, give it to you. It's paid for. Bam! Mission accomplished. For all have sinned, not the good news. Being justified freely, that's the good news. The wages of sin is not the good news. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. That's the good news. It's a gift. Wage is something you earn. Gift is something that you receive freely. Woo! It's paid for. Mission accomplished. All-inclusive. You can have what you want. Get another ice cream sundae. See, the good news is, the good news is, the gospel is Jesus accomplished his mission at the cross. God was rescuing his family. He was redeeming his family. So now righteousness is a free gift. My healing is a free gift. My peace is a free gift. I'm not having to do anything to earn it. Now, discipleship and growth, that can take some effort, but my effort in my Bible study and my meditating the Word is not earning anything. I'm not doing this to qualify for something. God in Jesus accomplished His mission at the cross. Righteousness is a free gift. And listen, any deviation from that is not good news. Any deviation from the finished work of the cross, any addition of I have to work this to earn this, start this, stop this, 
that's not good news. The good news is mission accomplished, it's paid for. Now let me, I'm going to read several verses. You'll hang with me because the Wednesday night crowd is the mature crowd. And so we're going to read about 10 verses. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I'm going to read, I'm going to read to Miss Abby because she, she woo-wooed me. Okay, are you ready for this? You're going to hang with me, right? Okay. By God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all. Okay, just pause right there for a second. Let's Selah or Selah. Think about it. We have been purified and made holy once for all. Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. Yet every day priests, this is old covenant priests, still serve ritually offering the same sacrifices again and again. Sacrifices that can never take away, never take away sin's guilt. Now let me pause right here to say this. There is a difference, there is a difference between conviction and condemnation. Okay? My past is past at last because of the blood of Jesus. And it might have some value for, for testimony, for finding common ground with somebody who hasn't made Jesus yet, but I'm not dwelling there. I'm not dwelling in the past because all the past is under the blood. So for me to continue to have guilt over past things that I've done, that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the work of the Holy Spirit is very positive. He reminds us, He convicts us of righteousness. You, you getting that? His, his, his job, His main gig is not the conviction of sin. Because most of us don't sin by accident. Yeah, so they doesn't, that's not, that's not his main thing. And so if, if you mess up, you fess up, you repent, you receive your forgiveness that's already been granted, already been paid for, the mission was accomplished, you've received that, and then six weeks later, you feel guilt about what you've done, that's not the Holy Ghost. Okay, so some of us are not sure. I feel that. It's like, ooh. <laughs> ritually offering the same. Listen, I'm not ritually offering anything. I don't want to ritually offer my tithe or my offering. I want to develop a cheerful heart in my giving because it's already paid for. I'm not trying to buy a blessing from God. As a matter of fact, think about it this way. If, I, if I'm tithing, I've already received the blessing. I've already been blessed. I've already received from God. My, my tithe, listen, I'm not giving God the 10% that belongs to him. If that's the way you think, I'm, t I'm just telling you I love you. And I don't want you to take this harshly, but you got wrong thinking where money's concerned. 
I don't return to him the 10% that belongs to him. Me returning 10% as a tithe and offering is a recognition that it all belongs to him. It's all his. Sacrifices that can never take away sin's guilt. But when this priest, capital P, Jesus, when this priest had offered the one supreme sacrifice, this was the sacrifice to end the sacrificial ritual offerings of animals, the one supreme sacrifice for sin for all time, the one supreme sacrifice offered for your sin and my sin, the one supreme sacrifice for all time, when he offered that, he went to work to try to keep us saved. No, he didn't. He sat down. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to trick you. I didn't think you'd bite that one. He sat, he sat down. You ever, you, ever, you ever see those crime shows or the, the, the lawyer shows, you know, when they, when they finish presenting the defense, what do they do? He says, I, I rest my, well, I rest my case. He sits down. I rest my case. You remember when, when God, in the beginning, created the heaven and the earth? What did he do on the seventh day? You think God was, man, I am worn out. No, he was not worn out. It wasn't that kind of rest. It means to cease from your labor. When we understand that the mission of the cross was accomplished and that it's all paid for, we're no longer laboring to try to pay for something. We receive the gift of grace and everything that salvation has because God's good, not because we're good. So the point is this, your healing's paid for, you can have it anytime you want. You, thank God, y'all are encouraging me now. Think about it this way, everything that salvation includes, it's already paid for. We're at the all-inclusive heavenly buffet. Meaning, you can have it. You don't have to wait till hands are laid on you. You can have it. I think we ought to do more laying on of hands. I agree with Pastor Dwayne. I think it's, a, it's an elementary doctrine of the church. We ought to do more of it. That's great. But the point is, you're not at the mercy of somebody with an anointing, with somebody with a gift, because God's already deposited His Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And we ought to do all the above, but at the same time, it's paid for. I can have it. I can have it right now. Well, let me settle down and finish reading this passage. The, this priest, this priest offered one supreme sacrifice for sin for all time. He sat down on a throne at the foot, at, at the right hand of God, waiting until his whispering enemies are subdued and turned into his footstool. And watch this. This is superlative language. This is the all-inclusive language. By his one perfect sacrifice, he made us perfectly holy and complete for all time. Yeah. 
Now, you, you've got to watch it here. There's a fine line in what I'm telling you, and I might, not, I might not say this on Sunday morning, but I'll say it to you. We are complete in Christ, meaning that, that there isn't anything else you need to add to what Jesus has done. You're saved to the uttermost. Okay? Yes, we need to renew our mind. Yes, we need to be discipled. Yes, we have a maturation process. Understood. But anytime somebody comes to you and they're trying to sell you some doctrine that puts you at a negative or puts you at a deficit to qualify for the blessing of God, not right. Why? Mission accomplished. It's paid for. I don't have to pay for it. It's already paid for. Perfectly holy and complete. When I look at you through the eyes of faith and by the blood of Jesus, I know that you, that I am made perfectly holy and righteous in God's sight. And his opinion is ultimately the only one that really matters. The Holy Spirit confirms this to us by the Scripture for the Lord says, afterwards I will give them this covenant, I will embed my laws into their heart. Oh, that is so good. And fasten my words to their thoughts. Man, that's how God speaks to us. That's that, that's that, that's that little inside voice that's attached to the word, that's attached to your thoughts, that sometimes will tell you, you know, Eating a bucket of chicken, fried chicken every night is not good for you. That could be God. It could be God. Preaching now. And watch this. I will, he says, I will not ever again remember their sins and lawless deeds. God promises he will never ever remember your sins and lawless deeds. So if our sins have been forgiven and forgotten, why would we ever need to offer another sacrifice for sin? I mean, when I was a kid, I used to really think this way, that, you know, if it was a big one, I should, I should feel bad about myself for a longer period of time. So if it's like a major, major sin, then maybe two weeks ought to be in the Molly Groves. Well, you know what? The fact of the matter is the one, when I repented is not when God forgave me. When I repent is not when God finds out. We, we worked with teens for years, and I remember this one little girl was like, I don't want to repent. Like, why would you not want to repent? It's like, I don't want God to change his opinion of me. <laughs> like she was going to surprise him with what she had done, right? <laughs> he already knows about it. He, he chooses to never remember this against us again, ever again. Now, because he's omniscient and it says he'll never remember it again, I suppose it could be like the sea of forgetfulness forgetfulness thing that we that we talk but it could also mean he's never bringing it up I know some of you might have a spouse 
who's still bringing up what happened in 1964, okay? But God is not like that. What, he, what he's remembering is the mission being accomplished at the cross. Forgiven, forgotten, we don't need to offer another sacrifice for sins. Now we're brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right in to the most holy sanctuary in the heavenlies. Boldly and without hesitation. Man, if we're not coming boldly and without hesitation, you know, when, when sickness presents itself, we ought to be able to boldly lay hands and boldly proclaim the good news that, 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 that people are healed. You know, it's like some churches have, a, have an issue with the grace of God because it's like if we preach the goodness of God, then undeserving people are going to receive their healing. Well, that's silly, of course. That's exactly what grace is about. <laughs> undeserving people receiving the goodness of God and then falling in love with Him because it's His kindness that leads us. Repentance, changing the way you think about God. Man, that's the best thing that could ever happen. Now, in the few remaining minutes that we have, I want to just quickly give you three things based on the completed work at the cross. Number one is simply this. God celebrates you. He does not just tolerate you. You know, we've got, to lay, we've got to labor to not let these truths about grace and the goodness of God slip. Because in the day-to-day -day things, there's sin and evil in the world. And we know Paul talks about how that in the last days, people would be lovers of themselves. And because sin is, is abounding in those last days, the love of people would just turn cold because of what they see. Kind of reminds me of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah who vexed his righteous soul by seeing these unrighteous acts day after day. I'm telling you, we, we, we live in a world that's fallen, it's filled with hurt, hurt people tend to hurt people, but the fact of the matter is if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we keep our eyes on the cross, it's going to keep straight our doctrine, it's going to keep right our relationships. He celebrates us. Man, when he looks at you, look right here. When he looks at you, I wish I could just be right down there like in your face and say this eyeball to eyeball. When he looks at you, he does not pretend that you're righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is the real deal. And I think because of that, if we understand who we are, our identity in Christ, if we understand how forgiven we are, how righteous we are, how much God loves us, how he never has plans for calamity in our lives, how he only has plans for our good, he only has plans for us to prosper, he only has plans for us to walk in divine health. If we understand how good God is, then we'll be sure to show the world the same God that Jesus showed the world. See, Jesus not only saved us from sin, he became our righteousness. So churches all over America have done a pretty good job of saying, you know, Jesus is Savior. But then it leaves people with the sense that, okay, we're saved, but we're still kind of second class. That is not the case. He not only is our Savior from sin, so we'll go to heaven someday. 
He has been made our righteousness, so now when He looks at you, He's looking at you through the eyes of love. He sees the goodness of God. He sees the reflection of Jesus Christ. Man, but some people have put so much effort in their flesh, so much religious effort, that it's like some people believe that Jesus saves them, and then they have to work to keep saved. They believe that Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus, they're healed, but somehow they have to qualify for that healing to manifest. You're already there. You've already been, it's already been paid for. I'm just going to keep saying that until y'all get excited. See, because he celebrates us. Why wouldn't he? He's not ever going to remember your sins against you again. Number two, because the mission was accomplished at the cross, he not only celebrates us, he's qualified us. I'm qualified for blessing. I'm qualified for the best that God has. You're qualified for a great marriage. You're qualified. Man. I'm just overcome by the goodness of God. I know where I've come from and what God has done for me. And I know I haven't even scratched the surface. But I also know this, and this, this may not apply to everybody, but I also know this. You can, have, you can have a mind that's programmed towards poverty, that's programmed towards lack, and not even, not even understand that your coping mechanism is so far below the advantage that Jesus paid for you to have, the blessing that he paid for you to walk in, that you don't even see, you don't even have a perspective that life could be any different than being broke. Whereas financial blessings are by far not the most important blessings, they are important to your family. They are important to your future. And God can change all that. He qualified that. Colossians 1.12, the... Uh, the uh, ESV version says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. What Jesus did at the cross qualifies you. Colossians 1.14, for in the Son all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Qualified by the finished work, qualified by the blood of Jesus. Now let me show you something real quick before we get to number three. This, this Psalm chapter 22, just say, I'll just say that, go ahead and write that down, Psalm chapter 22. Right down there, put Pastor Mark on Christmas card list. <laughs> I'll be flashing my address up here. I'm just teasing. Psalm chapter 22 is the psalm that starts out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? You know, it works great in an Easter message. It actually worked even better if we read the whole, the whole chapter because I don't know if you know this, but a lot of times in the New Testament, where they throw out, and it happens all the time, when they throw out like one verse, 
because we should consider the gospel writers to be geniuses. When they throw out that one verse, it usually represents a whole section of Scripture. Okay? So I'll just give you a little spoiler alert. Okay? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is not the end of the story. As a matter of fact, when you get to, when you get to verse 24, it actually has the Messiah say these words that God has heard me. I mean, God hears some interesting prayers. This is an aside. I do not have time to go there, but it's so interesting. I was thinking about answered prayer the other day because reading through the Gospels, got to the part about uh, the, the guy that had the legion of demons. And the demon says, don't torment us. And the demon says to Jesus, allow us to go into the swine. Now, when you ask Jesus for something, what do you call that? You call that prayer. The demon asked Jesus for something, and Jesus granted it. Then the people from the town came, and they were freaked out. And they said, would you please leave our country? They asked Jesus something. That was a... And he granted that. He left. The guy that got delivered said, I want to come with you. And Jesus said, no. <laughs> so I figure this, if he would answer demon prayers, he for sure is going to answer our prayers. <laughs> come on, somebody. I know that will mess with your thinking. And Lisa's probably like, I can't believe he said that. Because when I told her that that morning, you know, Jesus answered a demon's prayer. She was like, <laughs> could feel the resistance. I'm getting persecuted in my own home. A prophet is not without honor. But I, I do want to point out this. It begins with, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the final verse says this, it is finished. You remember, you ever remember hearing those words? Okay, some of your translations will say he has done it. But done, done it means finished. So where it starts out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It sounds like defeat. What actually looked like defeat was a mission accomplished, price paid for. Jesus made good on his promises through the millennia that the Messiah was coming and he was going to pay the price. For in him, Colossians 2, 9 and 10, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. He celebrates us, he qualifies us, and number three is simply this, he completes us. You're complete in him. Man, praise God. So here, here's the point. If the mission was accomplished, and it was, if his mission at the cross was accomplished, then you are righteous. If everything he set out to do at the cross was accomplished, then you can come boldly to the throne of grace to find help anytime you need it. That's if you just got born again five minutes ago. 
or you've been a saint your season 50 years ago. It's not a matter of hierarchy or seniority or have you done enough. As a matter of fact, you can hear that in some people. God, I have fasted. I gave extra offering. Why aren't you healing me? Need to pay attention to the uh, pay attention to the tenses of redemption. What's already been done? What's already been complete? What's already finished? See, the devil's goal is to bring shame, humiliation, and loss of identity. But Jesus has come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly to the full. One final verse. And I don't know, I don't know that I gave this to you guys back there. But Colossians 1.22. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's a big amen right there. So here's the bottom line. The mission was accomplished. Whatever you need from God is paid for. That means it's like us at the all-inclusive. You, you're not going to wear out the blessing and the provision of God. You can have all that you want. Any time that you want. Okay, this is the 24-hour room service plan. You know what I'm talking about? This is, this is the get to desserts if you want to plan. This is you can have all of the presence of God you want to. You can have all the revelation you want to. You can have all the revival you want to. You can have all the anointing you want to because you qualify. It's paid for. Mission accomplished. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, just stand up and act like you believe what I preach tonight. Just stand up and give them a praise. It's paid for. It's not expensive. It's paid for. Mission accomplished at the cross. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ.